0: What's going on everybody? This is Troy Pryor, founder of Creative Cypher and host of the Cypher Live podcast where we interview thought leaders and creative entrepreneurs. And today we've got a very talented brother with us, filmmaker, thought curator, cultural activist, uh, globe trotter. He just got back from a Euro tour. Um, give it up for Mike Bronte
1: round of applause you gotta insert the uh sound effects there how's it going we're gonna insert
0: insert. that's that's the next (laughs) phase that's the next
1: phase of the show yeah i like that how are you how are you
0: man i'm blessed man I'm, i'm very grateful for you to take a moment to chat with us today you know we're always looking to inspire uh creative entrepreneurs and folks that are on their journey whether they are in front of the camera behind the camera uh, looks like we're in the tail end of a writer's the tail end of the writer strike, and mm-hmm. sounds like the uh the, the SAG after strike. They're gonna get back to talking. So we just want to continue to inspire folks. And today we're gonna talk a bit about your journey and what got you into the business. You wear various hats, so we'll jump right into it, man. What's what's one of the one of the biggest lessons you learn from wearing multiple hats? Like like we. Uh, have to do so often?
1: Yeah, I love that question. But first of all, thanks for having me. I'm happy to be here. Happy to share space with you on, on this platform. And I love the stuff that you've been doing as always, supporter, colleague, friend, and everything in between. But um, the things that I think I've learned from wearing multiple hats, uh, I would say as someone who didn't go to traditional film school, it is tribal knowledge. It's, it's the the art of learning on the go and learning in motion. Um, I think that people oftentimes uh, don't regard high enough. But when you wear those multiple hats, you get to understand the different things that go into each position, you know, each each different element um, of the machine that needs to be oiled well in order to work. And I think that's been one of the biggest blessings of, of being able to, by necessity, wear so many different hats.
0: So I'm hearing that there's a journey that we all have to go through. And one of the benefits of that is building a a sit toolbox. You've got all these different tools that you can pull from depending on what's needed for the given situation. And, you know, even though, um, as you scale, you get to the point where
1: you can't do it all It's good to have the knowledge. Absolutely. I think, um, when you, when you have that knowledge, you're better equipped to lead. Um, you're better equipped to delegate. You're better equipped to understand what's missing. You know what's needed um, in order to complete uh, the task, or in order to make sure that all the boxes are checked. But if you don't, if you're ignorant in, in those different spaces, then you're, you're left to the discretion of whomever it is that you've employed to do that job. Um, but I think the the best the best teacher is action is it's in doing and once you do that then you're like all right i know exactly what this person needs to execute this job let me make sure they're best equipped to get it done based on i've done it and i've seen the struggles that could come from um not getting it right
0: oh. so it sounds like uh you've you have not only acquired the tools but you know how to speak the language you know how mm. to talk to the the different um uh, Experiences that your crews or your team may be going through, because you, because you've been through that. Well, just say, you know, Hove did that, so hopefully you ain't got to go through that,
1: <laughs> right? <laughs> that's right. <part.
0: laughs>
1: yeah, yeah. But I mean, language, that's the, that's a big, a big key. Language is important in understanding how to communicate with your team, with the crew, above or below line, um, understanding exactly what it is that you're trying to communicate or that you're trying to, to achieve via the communication using particular language is going to help make things a lot. Smarter. Moving. i think that's one thing shadowing certain people in their jobs and being nearby certain people on set and asking a lot of questions is going to help you understand this is how they communicate this is how they're 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 getting across that yo i need this i need this and i need this in order to achieve the goal that you're looking for you know whether it be a director or a producer um you need to understand the language
0: has there ever been a project and can, can you recall a project where you came in as somewhat like um like your starter project or entry project or you were a mentee in some capacity and the light bulb went off that you could do that too. You know, sometimes we uh, come in a role learning and then we realize, wait a minute, I can do this too. Has that happened or what was that experience like?
1: Absolutely, you know, my my very first project that I wrote and um, produced uh, it was a short film called Office Sweats, um, which kind of chronicled the experience of a young black man living and uh, working in corporate America and having to deal with the uh, nuances of the duality of you know code switching and different things like that. And essentially, he had like a mental breakdown. But I came on that project as the creator of the project, the writer and the producer, and I tapped a good friend of mine, Artie Smith, as a director. But in and in the process of filming that project, which we did all in one day. It was a one day shoot, Um, we we took like, I think we started at like maybe like 4 p.m. and we ended around midnight or something like that, or 3 p.m. to like midnight. Um, But over the process of filming that short, I realized uh, my directorial powers and and being very hands-on as far as visually what I wanted to convey and what scenes, what different beats that had to go into different scenes Different moments that needed to have length and that had to be covered a certain type of way, and that's when I realized, okay, I understand um, some of the key components to being a director. And you know, although I didn't start in the film space as a director, that was one of the moments that was light bulb. Like, okay, I can direct this because I kind of co-directed it, you know. And I didn't realize at the time um, that I could have even, uh, you know, sought out that that uh, that title. But you know, I kind of just gave gave the power to the people that i i positioned to do what they do what they needed to do to achieve the goal but that was a big light bulb moment for me because i was very hands-on and very intentional about the different scenes and how they they were to be captured even in the writing if, if you looked at that initial script um it was written from a director's standpoint
0: so that's dope man and so i'm hearing a couple of things in there and one of them i'm gonna pull out for the next the next talking point um but you mentioned you talked about how it was an organic flow you know you entered the room in a certain way and that light bulb went off and you realized like okay i i either acquired a new skill set or you organically noticed that you were already doing this other thing and so for a lot of the creators listening so often that's how it goes you know we we grind, we grind, we acquire skill, you know, skills. We join a project in a certain capacity, but then a window opens up, or a question gets uh, asked, or a problem needs to be solved, and out of nowhere, we got this tool in our back pocket, this insight, this this market research, this knowledge, this something we can pull out. And we're like, wait a minute, we can solve that and keep going. And then you walk away, like, wait a minute. I got another credit out of this. You know, I got something else that I can build on. So that's really dope. But one of the things I wanted to pull out was that you mentioned you empowered the people you brought on the team and you let them do their thing. How hard is that? Or how difficult is that to actually build the team, the right team, and have that trust so you don't have to micromanage?
1: You know, I think that may be. One of the most slept-on things that people um, overlook in putting together a proper production. Um, one, it's the relationship building required before you even put that person in position. Um, because you wanna you wanna have a, a level of trust. You know, <laughs> you, you wanna be able to um, free your mind and be able to just um, you know, put it on them to to do exactly what it what was planned. Um, But I think you have to build some relationships. You can't just look at a a previous call sheet from someone else's situation and then say, all right, I'm gonna hire this person because I like the way this project came together. That might not be the perfect fit. And I think, you know, pulling up to certain things, asking certain colleagues like, yo, I'd love to pull up to your set and seeing how people work live, you know, right there in the flesh is imperative to putting together a, a, a um, a perfect crew um and a perfect production in general and i think um for me personally i like to do that that research i like to meet up with the person we can do lunch we can do dinner i want to be around you a little bit so i can see because you look at uh, actors and and we we do things called chemistry chemistry reading and things like that i think you need to do the same thing when it comes to producers putting together um the, the perfect production everything has to somewhat function. shui there should be some chemistry if you bring in a, a a sore thumb or you bring in a bad apple into the onto set it changes the energy it changes the trajectory of how things are going to go you're going to have little issues that might not have occurred and so i think you know you got to have built a little bit of trust with people and that, and that doesn't go with every aspect of of the production but the key people you know your, your cinematographer you know even even down to the gaffer and the people that are, are, are on the tech side, they got to be somewhat people that can can function with, with what you have going on and, and you have to have built some type of um, some type of correspondence with them over time. I, I don't think it's ever wise to just go into something, naked and not know anyone that's going to be on set, at least the, the, the key eight or nine people you should have some type of relationship with. So I think I, I go into things having that relationship already established, knowing that these guys do or these women do good work and they're good people and they're good energy and that we can cook and I can I can relinquish um the duty to them knowing that they're gonna get it done. And, you know, not just the chemistry part of it, but you know, that they're actually good at what they do. And I do the do the research and look at the work that they've that they've worked on and even ask them about, oh, how was it lighting this scene? How was it, you know, setting up the rig for this scene and, and you know I, I see you were, you were AC on this like was it difficult working with that director and just getting their feedback on certain things is very important to understand how they're gonna work with what you got going on
0: and so man just being around good people and being uh, good people you know mm-hmm. that changes everything as you mentioned it changes the whole energy and that's a huge aspect that we talk about is the energy protecting your energy guarding your energy being a great talent scout these things that we may oftentimes overlook because a lot of times people are just looking at bottom lines. They're looking at what looks good on a paper. But I remember a mentor told me a long time ago, like, yo, you got the craft and all of this other stuff. But when you, you know, you get a PhD in people that changes everything, you know, knowing how to uh, lead and guide and follow, uh, manage egos, all of that plays a role in your final product. Because at the end of the day, it is about the result. We don't get paid for ideas, we get paid for execution. And if we can't execute because energy is off, then that could be the difference between your, you know, this project and getting your next project. So it's valuable to, to build your tribe and to make sure you got the right people around you. Um, man, we always say this and we intellectualize it, but let the folks know just how small the world is you know going off of what you just said you ask how was it working with that person what was this experience like it's a small world
1: yeah yeah it's a tiny world you you, you could find out <laughs> everything you need to know but maybe talking to one person that was on this one small set that this one director that ended up being huge um was a part of by just asking a few questions you know i think that's, that's another one of those hidden gems that people don't take advantage of enough is, you have all these different people working on this project or working on this on, on, and even in pre-production. And so they have direct communication with maybe someone that you look up to or someone that might be somebody that you've idolized or whatever the case may be. They were fortunate enough to be on, on a project with that person. So they have direct insight into what it's like working with them and or even direct Connectivity to even put you in the same room or put you in the same conversation, or thread you in an email, and I think we don't. We again, we don't take advantage of all these different people in these positions that you might look at as lower tiered. You know, even the PA is rubbing shoulders with, you know, the the executive producers and, and rubbing shoulders with the director and rubbing shoulders with all these different people. Um, I like to to ask them, you know, um, you know, copy machine room style, you know, you know, over coffee, you casually, like, what was it like working with him? And, and, and who was this? And who was that person? And who did they talk to? And who, oh, well, you know, I know his assistant, I'm still on email server. I have to connect you with his assistant. And just that easily, you can be talking to whoever, scores whoever you, who you'd like to, to be in, in cahoots with, you can easily accomplish that, especially in this industry, if you go through the proper channels, and if you're, if you're just a good person with good energy. And it is, it speaks to that level of, um, there, there are very minimal degrees of separation between um, whomever and whomever as far as wanting and having like-mindedness and wanting to accomplish similar goals.
0: Man, I hope you all got that because you dropped a bunch of gems in there, but one of them very specific stood out. You said, oh, I know that person's assistant. Sometimes it could be super difficult to get in touch with somebody directly because you don't know them, you haven't had a relationship with them, and we so oftentimes bypass the people that are around them. Mm -hmm. And think that, all right, after this panel is over, I got to rush the stage to talk to this person or I got to meet them when their assistant is sitting right over there. Mm -hmm. And that's the person you need to be talking to. Now, with this caveat, authenticity is key. I don't suggest anybody just build a relationship with somebody to use them to get to somebody else. That's not at all what's being said here today, folks. What we're saying is that use your resources and be knowledgeable of who's in the room, and then set yourself up. But a lot of times, if you want to get to somebody, you need to go to the person that operates their schedule, right. operates budgets, or, you know, things of that nature. Because, you know, the higher you go up, man, it's hard to balance all that stuff. So you got, I remember I was trying to get somebody, a specific person for an event, and I, man, I felt like it was 12 people on this email, going back <laughs> and forth to get to get through it. I'm like, like yo but it is what it is because you you know once you get to certain positions you understand why um things are set up the way uh that they are because a lot of these folks are being bombarded with things yep. all the time and it's got to be properly vetted and you know you want to make sure that they take you serious so you go through those proper channels but it is wise to be aware of who's in the room and who's connected with who uh because that Cosign that introduction can be can be huge another thing that you mentioned was this idea of not being dismissive of certain roles on a Project like a PA. There's no small parts because that PA today could be the exact tomorrow You never know that PA has five dope scripts on their Mac right now And one of those projects is commercially viable a year from now two years from now that PA That project is now a budding project and now you want to meet that person but mm-hmm. because they were a pa you didn't build a relationship with them you looked over them so it's important to build that um build those relationships i heard something a while ago and it said um interesting people are interested and so it's this idea of actually okay. building authentic relationships like i'm not here to just pitch and tell you everything i got yeah. going on i want to know a little bit about you mm-hmm. i'm interested and that builds a relationship, which turns into opportunities, like you just mentioned, the right energy. So, you know, speaking about um, unity and, and working together and um, solidarity on projects, man, we are, our industry is in a a very difficult place right now. What are your thoughts on the strikes?
1: I love it. Honestly, I'm an I'm in independent side of things, but I think you know, that that changes really quickly. And some people go back and forth, you know, they 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 get over it and, and go back independent. And, and and so I think both worlds have to kinda work together in a sense. And so I think, well, one, you can't have these these we starting with the with the with the uh, WGA in particular. You can't have all these beautiful hundred million dollar budget films without the writers, one first and foremost you don't get these beautiful productions without the story and that to me is the is the most um, the most important aspect of it all it, it starts with the story whether it's a, a book acquisition or whether it's an original script um, you need that in order to put the puzzle together and so if these are not the most important or the most highlighted or the most respected individuals um, in the in the game and in the industry then um, we're doing it wrong Just, I, I make the, the comparison to education and teachers we, that teachers should be paid more because they're the ones educating and these are the ones that are preparing the future leaders the writers should be should be paid handsomely because these are the ones that are creating the foundation of the story you know and creating what the 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 next uh people that are going to pick up the baton to, to move it on move it along in, in, in production are going to use and so i'm going to support completely and i think um, i'm happy that it looks like some things are coming to some agreements some preliminary agreements um, I think I think it's bound to happen. You know, we need entertainment, and without the writers, we're not going to have that. We're going to have a lot of BS, and I'm and I'm seeing a lot of BS coming out. You know, not to not to 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 talk down on anyone's work, but I do think that um, this thing is an art, and if we just start allowing anyone to paint the canvas with anything, then we're going to deteriorate um, the level of art that we're consuming. And so I'm 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 big on Pay the people that are doing the job the best, the most, or pay them handsomely and, and make it livable. Give them livable wages to be able to continue to do this and support their family at the same time. So I'm happy about it. I'm happy that there's that um, things are moving along, and I'm, I'm excited to see what happens next. Now that things are starting to come to a head, and you know, this also gave a lot of people the opportunity to work on their personal projects. So You're going to see a lot more independent work coming out. You're going to see a lot more smaller budget um intimate crew skeleton crew stuff coming out just because people are still going to be still hungry still have been hungry shit i myself have have been like re-inspired during this time um to create more organically in-house um and so you know i think i think it's a really exciting time
0: man dope that was actually going to be my follow-up is the impact on independent projects but you hit that um there's so many talented creators that we're waiting for an opportunity, or we're gonna go into the the old structures of things that are really being wiped out. And it's like, if you're not doing some hundred million dollar superhero film, it just looks like those studios are not going to give it that attention. But as costs become less prohibitive, tech increases and, and the ability to bring your projects to life becomes more achievable, You've got these studios that are essentially using tech to decrease their overhead, which is what you do in business. You see what they want to do with AI, what was proposed, but you as an independent creator have the opportunity as well to use tech to level the playing field and decrease your overhead and bring your IP and your projects to life. What do you think this industry looks like uh, in the next year to five
1: years? Well, I think, I think it's going to, be it's going to be it's going to have its ups and downs you're going to they're going to move forward with (laughs) with institute and certain tech but whether we like it or not um but to your point that can go both ways and and the independent artists can now be empowered as well i think we're going to have um a boom of independent folks that are going to shake up the industry is what i think Um, but we're also going to have a lot of executives and a lot of producers that are going to also outwardly look for talent that's not necessarily the WME, CAA repped, you know, cream of the crop, but the people that are on the ground creating, regardless of the fact that they have these multi-million dollar budget approvals, they're still creating work that can compete. I think on my side of things, the people that I look at as my independent colleagues are going to become some of the star players and may even still retain that independency. Um, I know it, it's tough once you start getting those calls and those emails and you start getting those meetings that you're immediately set up with some rep you're immediately lawyered up um, but I think that that the the independent world is a little more empowered now that you see um, a non-unionized effort to still create and put out beautiful work and I think that's going to disrupt the industry a bit more than it ever has mm, dope
0: dope so man appreciate you jumping on with us before we wrap up i know you you just Came back from um I think you went to the moon, right? You went to the moon, you <laughs> were traveling, you went to Mars, you was all over. Every time I look at Instagram, I'm like, man, this brother's a, he's on the, he's on a boat somewhere, you know. I,
1: <laughs> I, was in Italy man, having
0: a ball. Yeah, man, that's dope, man. As you enjoy life, travel the world, uh expand your perspectives, man. Uh, you know, let the world know um how we can stay in tune with what you have going on, follow you on social yeah. and there's anything you got going on you want to know about
1: yeah socials mike abranti m-i-k-e a-b-r-a-n-t-i-e that's across everything so on every social media platform same name same guy um out the box creative group is scaling um we're 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 going through a bunch of changes as we shift and focus on what our primary revenue stream is going to be but in house, we're going to be producing a bunch of short vignette pieces that we're just going to put out um, without, you know, any any real attention paid to the festival circuit or anything like that. We just want to put work out and let people know like there's there are so many nuanced stories that we still want to tell, even in short in short form. Um, and so you can stay on the lookout for some of those. I'm playing with interpersonal relationships and toxicity, and different things that we deal with on an everyday basis. And, and pushing boundaries as far as the actual performances. I'm working with different artists, Shouts to Tosin, um, or Hufala, um, uh who who is in, who me and I me and him are in talks um, to work on something really dope. Hopefully that that goes through over the next few months. Um, but I'm, I'm cooking. I'm working. Um, Just, I I would say be on the lookout over the next few months for some of these short vignette pieces that I think are going to be very thought-provoking, but um, as always, I'm trying to empower um, young, up-and-coming creators, filmmakers alike, um, to tell stories that I think haven't been told. So, stand to me, and I promise to deliver that.
0: All right, we'll be looking out for that. Appreciate you, Mike, for jumping on. Appreciate you all for tuning in. Keep rocking with the Sorry for Live podcast. We've got some dope things in the work as well. Um, XL Festival went smooth. We're already planning there for you. the next one, and um, it's going to be some dope things coming down the pipeline. So for all you out there listening, appreciate your time. Keep creating. Peace.
1: Adios.